0: Thank you so much to our sponsors, Yellow Racket Records, a place for music lovers to discover, hear, and buy new and pre-loved records. Great staff, great coffee, comfy chairs. YellowRacketCHA.com and RC2 Realty Solutions Real Estate Investments. Robin Ring's got a brand new thing. Call 531-1722. Only in Jeff Styles, America. Hey folks! Welcome back to Storyville. Storyville with old El Jefe here. Stories from my personal life, my past, the lives and pasts of my friends, people that I know. I know a lot of interesting people and I've led a very interesting life. got a lot of stories and I'd like to share them with you once a week here at Storyville. Uh, the other podcast that we also do here, by the way, my name is Jeff Styles with a Y, Nougat's Own. Jeff Stiles, and uh, we do another podcast called Rocketology, an hour-long music podcast, which we recorded yesterday. It will play on the radio station that employs me somewhat, well, I wouldn't say gainfully, but employs me kind of almost on Friday, and then it'll be archived at fredpodcast.com, of course, the same place where you found Storyville today, and it struck me after I did it. After I'd already done the song selection and we had it all recorded and put to bed and locked up and set aside, I I blew the opportunity to do a special Father's Day musical podcast. There's plenty of songs about dads out there, and I am absolutely never, ever going to play Cats in the Cradle by Harry Chapin. We can take that one to the bank. I hate that song. Just does nothing, absolutely nothing. except make dads feel bad about themselves. It really does. Terrible Father's Day song. And then but the uh, son does one thing. To do with the dad. Yeah, I know. Too busy. Oh, I know. And he just he grows up just like him but to be a selfish ass. Nobody wants to hear that. No, you know, dads deal with enough pressure. Going to be like you, Dad. Yeah, I know. I, I hate that song. Um, but anyway, I blew the opportunity to do a Father's Day podcast, and so I'm going to do a quick one today, Storyville, and dedicate it to my dad. And it's perfect timing, because he would his birthday would have been June 11th. June 11th just passed in the real time in which we're recording this, and he would have been 84 years old. He died just after his 74th birthday. He died on June 30th, and that's just right around the corner. So he turned 74. Just a couple of weeks later, he passed away. So we're coming up on the 10th anniversary of his death on the 30th of this month, again, as we record this in real time. And, of course, this Sunday is Father's Day on the calendar year 2021 as we record this. So all these things pointing to Dad. Now, my kids are spread out all over the place. I have two sons in Colorado. I have one in Madisonville, Tennessee, one in Nashville, Tennessee. I've got a daughter here in Chattanooga and another one in D.C., and I've got a grandson uh, attending the University of Tennessee up in Knoxville. And so I've got, you know, I've spread my seed all over the country. I'm like a dandelion. I just put the spores into the wind, and they landed where they, they might. Um, don't know how I actually did as a dad. I'd like to think I did a pretty good job. I guess the jury is still out, huh? But my dad was an excellent father. His name was Perry Owen Stiles, Jr. And everybody in the family, not me, of course, we weren't that cool, hip family where kids called their parents by their names. We would have gotten backhanded for that. Um, everybody called him Jr. He hated that. But he lived with it as long as his dad was still alive, Perry Owen Stiles Sr., my Papa Stiles, because he didn't want to ever do anything to disappoint his dad. Um, My grandfather was a sharecropper, literally a good old-fashioned, you know, black-and-white sepia-toned image picture of a poor white guy standing in front of a scrawny field of scrawny corn sharecropper. So my father was the son of a sharecropper, very very poor. They were held in high esteem by the people who lived out in the country. They were good people. Uh, they did okay for the money that they were able to make, uh, but they were poor. They were they were extremely poor. Uh, my dad literally did walk to school wearing. No shoes when it was warm enough because people just didn't wear shoes. Nothing but a pair of overalls. I've got plenty of pictures of him doing so. Walked to school, walked home from school on a long dirt road. Dirt road that is now Highway 100, a very heavily used highway down in West Georgia. Um, And he just grew up as country as country could be. He never liked it. As soon as he was able to leave the country and move to town and then actually move out of the south he took it um i'll get to that in a second uh he he looked back on his own poor country upbringing with distaste and maybe even some shame i never understood that i thought it was cool and i loved that part of the country and i loved my family but he just thought that was limiting he wanted to be something more in life but a very very interesting man he was and i miss him so much the the whole gist of this and i'm not going to take too much time is that if your dad is still alive, please tell him you love him. Even if you don't. Even if you don't, suck it up and do, because they desperately need to hear it. And the fact is, is that you might think you have your feelings and your emotions dealing with your dad in order. When he's gone, you're going to find that they're scrambled. You're going to have things... If if things other than I love you need to be said, if you need to iron things out, iron them out. I'm just telling you, I miss my dad so much. Whenever it hits me, even after 10 years, after 10 years, when it hits me that he's not there anymore, I took it for granted for 74 years. You know, he was 74. I guess I was, you know, 50, 51. And... I took it for granted that he would always be there to listen to me bitch and whine and mope and groan and and just you know and just tell my side of the story and bend his ear and get his advice one way or the other or even maybe you know take a little love centered tongue lashing from him if he thought I was screwing up and I mentioned this the other day to some people after he passed away it happened in such a way that I was an extremely busy. It was one of the busiest times of my year, my calendar year, where both of my jobs, that two jobs, were in full just bloom. And he got very, very, very sick. And I took some time off during this super busy time and went down to try to take care of things, got him into a hospital, got him some care. And then he got out. He seemed to feel better, look better be better. So I thought we were beyond that, and then he passed away. But the second wave of my busy schedule, it kind of hits during the middle of the summer, was upon me. So I ended up literally leaving my jobs, going down to the hometown, visiting the family, set up the funeral arrangements, did all the things a dutiful son should do, eulogized him at the service. I stayed one night with my family, and then had to come back to Chattanooga to do my jobs, to to continue to get my paychecks coming in. It was one year later to the day from when he died when I finally actually mourned. And that story, I've actually told it before, but it was a year later I was kayaking by myself on a whitewater river, the Hawasee And had come into this little gentle spot, a little eddy outside of a rapid and parked myself in my boat under a big bald eagle that was perched up in this bare tree. And it was very low and it was extremely close to me. And it didn't fly for like 20 minutes. It just sat there and fanned out its, its wings and readjusted and looked at me and looked at me and then looked out again and fanned out its wings and readjusted. And I was just sitting there in awe of this magnificent raptor and just thinking what a special moment this is. And as soon as it took off from its perch it went down and it hit a fish, brought it up out of the water, took off with it into the woods on the other side, and all of a sudden it struck me, oh, my God. Today is my dad's birthday. Today is my dad's birthday. It hadn't occurred to me. It was only a year since he'd passed, not even quite, but I had let his birthday sneak up on me and had forgotten to call my sister, forgotten to call my stepmother, forgot to call my mother. It just bypassed me. My life was moving at too rapid a rate, and I just broke down and started sobbing, just by myself on the river. It just hit me. And I became aware at that point, and I've talked to several people about this since, I know, this is not arguable, I know for a fact that the human brain registers anniversaries. You may not remember it consciously. It may not be on your reminder calendar. It may not be on your, you know, your, your phone updates. Here's what you need to be thinking about, your itinerary, whatever, that you keep but your your brain knows when an anniversary rolls around. And that was a perfect example of how inside I knew. And I had all this pent-up feeling and emotion. I had never grieved. I had been so busy. I rushed through the funeral process. And, and then I did that day. I just cried and cried and cried. And then I got it out of my system. And I felt like the eagle was a message from my dad from beyond. It was actually a beautiful moment. Um, but let me just... I advise you, once they're gone, you will be left, no matter how hard you try, with a bunch of things you wish you had said. So at least try so that list is shorter. Um, something else I mentioned to my coworkers in here the other day when we were talking about this, this came up. And I said, you know, I had, you know, I've got I had you a cell phone and uh, i I hate cell phones i hate technology in general but i had a cell phone and he was in my contacts of course and like everybody else who has a phone you know i used to memorize phone numbers but once you have them in your contact you kind of tend to forget the numbers right and at least a dozen times following his death probably for that whole year i would occasionally grab my phone and just muscle memory i'd hit dad in my contacts to call him I'd I'd forgotten. I'd forgotten he wasn't there anymore. And the weird thing, the the shocking thing to the system was that he had a voicemail that was still active. So I'd call, and all of a sudden I'd go, oh, my God, you should see my eyes rolling as I'm telling the story. I'm an idiot. And then I'd hear my dad's voice. And it was just a reminder of lost opportunities things that I at times I should have called. And I said, I'll I'll do it tomorrow. I don't have time. I don't really feel like talking to him today. And and oh, you wish you had that time back. Just a just a little bit about uh Junior. When my grandfather died, he did tell everybody on the planet he no longer wanted to be called Junior. His other nickname was PO, Perry Owen, PO. Everybody called him PO. I don't know anybody that actually called him Perry other than my mom. But son of a sharecropper as I said, you know, walked to school, as I said. Also, a remarkable athlete. As a young man in high school, he left on a double scholarship, both in football and basketball. Basketball was his, his main sport, but he was also a remarkable receiver in football as well. But in basketball, he was dominant. He was six five, six five, in the 50s was tall. And uh, a big, you know, strapping 6'5 country boy from a small town turned into a dominant center for the high school basketball team. And he did. And he was legendary. I mean, literally legendary in the region. People still to this day who are old enough to remember talk about P.O. Styles and his ability to completely control a game. Senator Sam Nunn of the state of Georgia, a man who could have been president had he wanted to, a very, very wise statesman in that position. And I'm no you know great lover of any political party, but particularly the GOP these days drives me crazy. But Sam Nunn was a conservative Republican from the state of Georgia, but he also was an expert on defense and the military. And he could have gone on. Sam Nunn played against my dad. He was an outstanding athlete himself. He played for the little town of Perry, Georgia, which had a legendary coach, and they just won state championship after state championship, and Sam Nunn literally wrote in this man's, the coach's biography, he wrote the foreword, and he added little bits and pieces to this biographical story about this coach as it went, and it gave a certain panache, cachet to the uh, to the book, and he talked about having to face the team with P.O. Styles on it. And he had just the week before, during the playoffs, scored 52 points in one game. 52 points in one game. And they triple teamed him when they met up with the Bowden High School Red Devils, and they won. They beat them by one. And apparently it was a game of just legend, and everybody still talks about it to this day. But I'm just saying he was the first person in West Georgia to ever dunk a basketball he was he was an amazing athlete. That's just all there is to say, to, you know, about it. Expectations for me to be even nearly as good as him were dashed. I promise you, uh, expectations were high, and I never lived up to any of them. All the sports I enjoyed were the individual sports. The things I, you know, you know, did were hang gliding and kayak and the stuff like that. Team sports were never my thing. But you know, it, I, I think people fully expected me to be like him, and I could not be. But when he got his opportunity to get out of the South, he took it. He became the youngest salesperson ever for the main business in our small town, which was a clothing manufacturer, Warren P. Sewell Clothing Company. They made men's suits. And you have to keep in mind, as I'm being, you know, coming into my own, my own awareness, and I'm growing up in the 60s, a suit was still the uniform of the American male, unless you were in, you know, a, 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 a construction worker, or you worked you know, in some warehouse somewhere. It didn't matter what you did; you wore a, 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 a shirt and a tie to your job. And if you were a professional, if you were a white collar person, then you wore a jacket. You wore a full suit to work every day. It was a very lucrative business. He was the youngest person. At the age of 27, 27, to be chosen to work a territory as a salesperson for Warren P. Sewell Clothing Company. That was remarkably young to be sent on the road. And his his, uh, territory was Ohio and Indiana, a little bit of Illinois. And he succeeded greatly because he just modeled the clothes that he sold. He was a fashion plate. Anybody who knows me finds this hard to believe. He was an up-to-date picture of the current men's fashion and in, in, in suits. And we're talking about an era that brought in the, the, the appearance of the leisure suit, these outrageous patterns and colors. Think of... Uh, Doc Severinsen on The Tonight Show and some of those things that he wore with the crazy checkered pattern and everything. still had a shirt and tie and a jacket on. My dad would wear whatever was trendy, and he went in there with his Glen Campbell hair and sideburns and tall and thin and muscular and tan, and he just sold the clothes literally off his back to these people. He was making more than the governor of Ohio was, selling clothing to men's clothing stores when it was still a must-to-have real men's clothing. He was remarkably successful. He was also an alcoholic. He didn't drink as a young man, didn't drink as a young father, but when he got to Ohio and started having to socialize with his clients, he began to drink, and it did not suit him well. And I drank for 46 years before I went to rehab and quit and uh, have struggled with it ever since. So, It very much is hereditary, and it's uh, something that I would advise you. If your parents are alcoholics, just don't even start. I'll just give you that personal advice. But I had to grow up very quick at the age of 12 when it became obvious that he had a drinking problem. And I had to really step up and become uh, the man of the house. And there was a time where I really hated him for that. felt like my childhood kind of got robbed from me, and I didn't understand addiction. I didn't understand why he couldn't just not drink Now, of course, I understand it all too well, but let's just say there were ups, there were downs. I was 26 when my parents actually divorced, and even at 26, it destroyed me because I felt like I had, even with all those problems, still a picture-perfect, almost Norman Rockwell-type family. But it just gets down to this. The man was golden. He had a remarkable sense of humor. He had a wonderful laugh. He had never met a stranger. If y'all ever seen the movie uh, Big Fish, the movie Big Fish, uh, it is uh, Tim Burton. Tim Burton, one of his uh, less bizarre, even though it is a fantasy, um, projects about this man who is larger than life. And everybody thinks he's exaggerating. Uh, as he tells these stories And it turns out that most of them are really true He might, you know Touch them up just a little bit That's the way my dad was He, he, he is like the main character, Albert Finney In the movie Big Fish Never met a stranger And, and, and the young Character that Albert Finney Plays as he's a dying man in the movie uh, Ewan McGregor Plays the young man And he continually says, if there's anything they can say about me Is that I'm sociable I am a social creature. I love people. And he just does it with this big smile on his face, and that was my dad. Um, I watched him do it more times than I can count. If he and I were out and about, just the two of us, especially, I mean, when he would come to visit me in Tennessee or we would go on vacation together and do stuff like this, he would make up a different story to everyone he met, to the waitress that came to our table, to the guy he just met up at the bar getting a drink, to whoever it was that we ran into as we're leaving the restaurant. He would just come up with these stories as to who he was and his name. He would just fabricate entire tales and histories that were just completely just just off the scale, fantastical. And he just did it because it tickled him. He did it because it pleased him. He liked meeting people, and he would make up these stories just off the cuff, and he would remember every detail of every story with the person he told it to. And then he'd tell a different story to somebody two minutes later, and he would remember every detail of that story. And he'd have all these conversations going on over the course of the evening, and he would keep up with who he was supposed to be. And it was just this game he played. He was... He was tremendously funny to watch and just to see him engage with people. And if you remember him, you remember him with a smile on his face, laughing, and usually enjoying life. Now, he had dear, you know, terrible health in the end, poor health. His back had eroded on him for all those years of wear and tear on the basketball court, a couple of accidents. Being tall is no great gift later on in life, I can promise you that. And he had liver problems, he had some other things going on. And so life struck him down pretty hard toward the tail end there. And I am at 60 and he, his father died at 63. That seemed very old to me at the time. And I remember him talking about it was just too young, too young, too young, died of a heart attack. And now I'm thinking, yeah, 63, that is too young. It's also hard for me to imagine being in the shape I'm in now and even making it to 74. So I'm going to have to really start, you know, stepping up my game a little bit if I want to make it past the point that my father himself made it. And I'm in the process of doing that now. But I just thought I would just use this opportunity to those of you folks who do tune in to just take me seriously, take me at my word on this one. Most of the things they talk about that are going to happen to you as you grow older, All of those old cliches and saws and wives' tales and bumper stickers you've heard, you know, through your young life, and you're thinking, sure, 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 old man, old war stories, they're all true. They all come true at some point, and they all happen to you. So trust me on this one as somebody who's been through it. If your father is still on this planet Try your best to clear as much territory as you can, to clear the air, to clear the smoke, say what you need to say, iron out the problems that you have, make the attempt. You know, you can only, you know, really clean your side of the street. That's all you can do. You can do what you can do, and you can't help what the other person can do, but you could you will rest easier if you at least try. Open up the lines of communication, Bitterness will eat you alive from the inside out. Things that go unsaid will hurt you so much worse in the long run than the things that get said, either by you or by somebody else. Those unspoken feelings are poison. So get them out of your system. I want to say Happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there and to everybody who listens to Storyville, thank you so much for doing so. Please continue to listen. Share as best you can. Call your dad on Father's Day and on their birthday. And don't forget that they're out there still thinking about you. Say hey. And and, and don't forget to spend a little money with our advertisers and sponsors. Communicate with them however you possibly can. Show support for this podcast. Keep on listening. FredPodcast.com. Storybook. Thank you. Fred Podcast wouldn't be possible without the support of our sponsors. Southern Segway, Chattanooga's first consumer Segway dealer. Find them at Southern Segway on Facebook and Instagram. Dr. Brett Moldenhauer, Institute for Acupuncture and Wellness, and North Spring Cryotherapy and Rejuvenation Center. Find them at northspring.com. For more, go to fredpodcast.com.